Tonight on NJ Spotlight News, Representative Andy Kim's calling for the expulsion of the senior senator. This after getting slapped with a second indictment accusing Menendez of working as a foreign agent for Egypt. I do not have confidence that he can continue to do that job that requires the public trust. Plus, fears rising as the bloody war in Israel enters a seventh day. Synagogues and mosques here in New Jersey are adding extra security amid concerns of anti-Semitic and Islamophobic attacks. There's no specific or credible threat that would keep people from going about their daily lives, and we will continue to provide the resources folks need to feel safe. Also, keeping cannabis safe. The state's regulatory commission spreading awareness around cannabis consumption. Our top priorities at the commission are safety, health, and the wellness of New Jerseyans, whether they're cannabis consumers or not. And President Biden in Philly today announcing billions for the creation of regional hydrogen hubs. NJ Spotlight News begins right now. Funding for NJ Spotlight News is provided by NJM Insurance Group, serving the insurance needs of residents and businesses for more than 100 years. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. And by the PSEG Foundation. From NJPBS, this is NJ Spotlight News with Brianna Finozzi. Good evening and thanks for joining us this Friday night. I'm Raven Santana in for Brianna Venozzi. New details are emerging in the superseding indictment of senior Senator Bob Menendez filed Thursday in Manhattan. The Southern District of New York charged Menendez with being an unregistered agent of the Egyptian government. The indictment alleges Menendez provided sensitive U.S. government information and took other steps that secretly aided the government of Egypt. Menendez has denied these new allegations, but as senior correspondent Brenda Flanagan reports, the new charges describe how Menendez met with Egyptian officials regarding an American citizen injured in an airstrike to help smooth things out, all while Congress was attempting to block aid to the country. Federal prosecutors slapped another charge on Senator Bob Menendez, alleging he illegally acted as an unregistered foreign agent of the Egyptian government. The superseding indictment adds some disturbing new details to sweeping accusations that Menendez and his wife Nadine accepted cash, gold bars, and a luxury car in return for his influence as chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. It's plain law that public officials like Senator Menendez are not allowed to be registered as a, you know, for, on behalf of a foreign principal. They can't conduct business in that fashion. Former prosecutor Chris Gramiccioni says this fourth count fleshes out the indictment. It describes how Menendez met with Egyptian officials to discuss an American citizen widely identified as April Corley. She was badly injured when her tourist group in Egypt got mistakenly hit by an airstrike. American-made Apache helicopters flown by the Egyptian military. Eleven people died and Congress retaliated by blocking millions in military aid to Egypt. Former Congressman Tom Malinowski served on the Egypt Human Rights Caucus then. We were successful in restricting some of the aid to try to force 
the Egyptians to pay her the compensation that, that she deserved. But Egyptian officials reached out to Menendez, the indictment says, texting New Jersey businessman Walhana, if Menendez helped resolve the matter, he will sit very comfortably, to which Hanna replied, orders consider it done. Nadine Menendez forwarded the text to her husband and then deleted the messages. He was having those conversations while the rest of us were talking to April Corley, the American woman who was the victim of this, that he was talking to the Egyptian government about how to protect them from the, the criticism, that doesn't sit well with me. Grimichione thinks the prosecutors will argue Menendez's actions go beyond the senator's regular job. Look at the level of the abuse of public trust to personally enrich himself. It, no, it knew no bounds. It didn't matter this, that this was adverse to an American citizen. But Menendez has defiantly resisted a chorus of calls for his resignation. I have always worked to hold accountable those countries, including Egypt, for human rights abuses, the repression of its citizenry, civil society, and more. He said yesterday the facts haven't changed, only a new charge. It's an attempt to wear someone down, and I will not succumb to this tactic. But some former supporters looking at the stash uncovered by FBI agents feel betrayed. At the end of the day, I saw money, gold, uh, cars. Oh, I am very sad. Ahmed Mohammed fled political persecution in Egypt to settle in New Jersey and used to consider Menendez an ally. But Menendez did a very hard thing, that he helped them to take money and to oppress people. So this is against American values, this is against American law, this is against American principles. A former State Department diplomat notes public servants must be held to a higher ethical standard. It needs to be avoiding the appearance of impropriety and um, certainly all indications are that um, uh, the senator has not, unfortunately, met that standard. With his Senate colleagues now discussing whether Menendez should be expelled, New Jersey's senior senator seems grimly determined to hang on. I'm Brenda Flanagan, NJ Spotlight News. Despite calls from fellow Democrats to resign, Senator Menendez continues to denounce the charges and has said he will not step down. And now, Representative Andy Kim is taking it one step further and calling for the U.S. Senate to vote on Menendez's expulsion. Kim is also challenging Menendez for his Senate seat in the next election. He joins me now. You were one of the first to call on the senior senator to resign after the original indictment came down. Now, with these latest charges, you want the Senate to vote on expulsion. What does that mean and how would it work? Well, certainly with the first set of indictments, uh, I felt like it was enough for the senior senator of our state to step down. I felt like, uh, sure, he ha absolutely has the right for his day in court, but these jobs in government, especially at this level of the United States Senate, it requires a higher level, a higher threshold, something that is up there in terms of the public trust. And I think that that trust has been eroded. Most recently with these new indictments that are uh, concerned about acting as a foreign agent, that just takes it to an even further level. Um, he was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, arguably the most powerful person in foreign policy on Capitol Hill. And the idea that perhaps he was not acting in the United States' best interest, uh, potentially putting his own personal benefits above our nation, 
that is worrisome, deeply worrisome. I mean, he is still on that committee. He's no longer the chairman, but still on the committee, still has access to classified information. I do not have confidence that he can continue to do that job that requires the public trust. Well, we know you worked as national security as an official. You know, how severe is this charge? Uh, very. And I think my experience in national security is, is what's really prompting me uh, to have this level of concern. Yeah, I worked as a career uh, official over at the State Department, the Pentagon, the National Security Council. I was a career guy, not a political person. And through that lens, mm -hmm. uh, I really had the trust that our elected officials, that our president and others, were always acting in the best interest of the country. And that was always a sacred trust that we would have. It's an oath that we swear to defend our Constitution. If there's anything that brings that oath into question, that is very, very serious. And for these allegations to be put forward, uh, the senior senator needs to focus on his illegal case and, and answer to that. Uh, but in the meantime, he does not have the bandwidth nor the confidence of the people to be able to continue to do his job. Well, here's the thing. Ousting Senator Menendez may be a tall order right now as the House struggles to find a speaker since Steve Scalise dropped out. What happened? Not only are we nearing a government shutdown, but with the ongoing conflict in Ukraine and Israel. Yeah, you're, I mean, look, you're right. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly what the Senate will do next. They would be the ones that would vote uh, or, or decide what comes next in terms of uh, Senator Menendez's faith. Over on the House of Representatives side where I'm at, you're absolutely right. You know, it is absolute chaos. Uh, and this is uh, just so worrisome, the idea that the majority party is just unable to coalesce. It's really bringing into question, is the majority actually able to govern at all or is it ungovernable? Right now, now I just don't see anybody in that caucus be able to get the 217 votes needed to become the next speaker. What are the Dems doing to help secure a speaker then? Look, we stand by ready to have conversations if they are willing to in terms of, you know, what would it take to be able to get Democratic support to do so? Our, our leader, Hakeem Jeffries, has made that clear uh, that we would want to, to find someone we can work with, make sure that we can uh, move forward when it comes to the budget so we don't have a government shutdown in about a month. Uh, but honestly, all that effort has been pushed to the side. The Republicans have shown no interest in having that conversation. Uh, as a result, you know, they they are more interested in going further to the, the extreme rather than trying to come to a place where we can come to some type of broader agreement. And that's just going to further isolate them. And as I said, I don't think the math is there for them to find someone uh, in that direction. So it just continues to put the country in limbo. Congressman Andy Kim, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. In New Jersey, synagogues and mosques are under high alert with worshipers in the state feeling fear after a call for a day of rage from a former Hamas leader. The same security demands are in place in New York City with NYPD ordering all on-duty officers to report in uniform Friday. Attorney General Matt Platkin says that since the terror attacks in Israel, his office has been in communication with the FBI. There's no credible threat thankfully, against any individual or place in New Jersey, particularly the Jewish community, but also our Palestinian community is feeling uh, unsafe. And my job is to make sure that they feel protected. And we will do that.
Meanwhile, on the ground in Gaza, there are fears of a Palestinian genocide after the Israeli government demanded more than one million Palestinians evacuate the area, despite there being no safe place to go amid the bombing of the region. The United Nations says that an evacuation would be impossible without devastating humanitarian consequences, and they're calling for the Israeli government to rescind their evacuation order. The Cannabis Regulatory Commission launched its first-ever Cannabis Safety Public Information Campaign to prioritize public safety about safe cannabis consumption. The campaign comes after the CRC has recently announced they will be opening access to more edibles in New Jersey soon, including beverages and baked goods. Experts I spoke with are urging people to keep their edibles out of the reach of children after reports of accidental ingestions from children are also increasing. Our primary goal with the Cannabis Safe Use Campaign is to provide the public with the information and resources need, needed to make informed decisions about cannabis consumption. As Jersey's legalized cannabis marketplace begins opening access to more edibles in New Jersey soon, including beverages and baked goods, the New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission wants to keep you and your family safe, which is why they launched the Safe Use Campaign. Our top priorities at the Commission are safety, health, and the wellness of New Jerseyans, whether they're cannabis consumers or not. The goals of this campaign are to prevent children from accessing cannabis products by requiring child-resistant packaging and encouraging safe storage. Keep it away, keep it locked up. And with more people buying edibles, reports of accidental ingestions from children are also increasing. According to the New Jersey Poison Control, through September 6th, more than 140 children ages 1 to 12 were reported to have ingested marijuana this year. The center urges people to keep their edibles out of the reach of children and in child-resistant containers. But unfortunately, in young children, ingestions, which are you know, entirely really edible products can have more serious consequences. The majority of these exposures are attributable to edibles that are either left out in the open, improperly stored, stored in easily accessible places, and many are illegal candy lookalikes. And it's not just children that are vulnerable to the negative effects of cannabis. Experts say exposure to cannabis during pregnancy can also be dangerous. There is evidence that cannabis can cause harm and negatively affect fetal infant and child development. And there is no proof that cannabis is effective in the treatment of morning sickness. If you currently use marijuana and are pregnant or plan to become pregnant, you should stop using it. And it's just one of many educational messages that will be featured in English and in Spanish on billboards, digital ads, social media, and even on ads in places of businesses like hair salons. The NJCRC says to amplify the campaign's audience, they have partnered with a number of agencies, including AAA. If you use cannabis, don't drive. And if you are planning to drive, don't use cannabis. The flyers really serve as a reminder to drivers that driving and cannabis is a dangerous combination. Research shows that it can impact your attention, your uh, a, a reaction time, your coordination, and your balance. And these are all things that we need for safe driving on our roadways. A common theme among experts when it comes to safety was making sure purchases were made from a licensed facility. Unlike the illicit market, when the adult consumers and patients make a purchase at a licensed facility, they know exactly what they are getting. 
they have confidence in their product because they can actually see what's on the label. The launch of the Safe Use Campaign by the New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission is a pivotal moment uh, for the cannabis industry in our state. We can set a positive example for the nation as we navigate the evolving landscape of this industry. If you think your child may have consumed an edible or drink containing THC, call the Poison Control Center hotline right now. Even if they're not showing any symptoms, Dr. Colello says it might take some time for the effects to show up. Support for the Medical Report is provided by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. And be sure to tune in this weekend to NJ BizBeat. I continue the cannabis conversation, looking at the labor side of New Jersey's cannabis market, from the jobs available to the wave of unionization in the industry. You can watch it on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 a.m. right here on NJPBS. In our Spotlight on Business report tonight, President Biden was in Philadelphia today to announce a new $7 billion investment in so-called hydrogen hubs around the nation. One of those, the Mid-Atlantic Hydrogen Hub, will be based in the Philly region. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware will be part of it. That project is set to get $750 million. That money will go towards converting old fossil fuel infrastructure to hydrogen use. The goal of the massive federal program is to launch a new hydrogen power industry and hopefully give the nation another option for producing carbon-free electricity. Cutting carbon emissions is critical to preventing the worst-case scenarios of climate change. The Biden administration has high hopes for hydrogen power, but some climate advocates are skeptical, warning that typically fossil fuels still have to be burned to create the otherwise clean energy. And here's a look at how the markets close for the week. next episode in our 21 digital film series is now online. The series examines a simple question of does where you live in the state affect how you live? 21 profiles one person in each of our 21 counties and looks at the social determinants that affect that person's life. The latest film introduces us to Anna Baldwin. The Gloucester County native embraced her journey with Tourette syndrome and has been educating others since her initial diagnosis in sixth grade. Through soccer and the top sports program, she found refuge, a space to connect with and inspire special needs children, encouraging them to embrace their uniqueness. She emphasizes the importance of focusing on the person beyond their diagnosis. Brianna Venozzi talked with Anna. Take a look. Anna, what a pleasure to get to talk to you. Why do you think at such a young age you were able to not just embrace uh, your diagnosis with Tourette's, but also make it your mission to raise awareness among others? I think that I saw the need for it. And I also knew that I had to look out for my little brother. You know, he had the same diagnosis and I wanted to kind of pave the way for him. What do you think people don't know? I mean, you talked about um, having this part of your, your body and, and your brain that, that were not under your control. What do you think are the misconceptions for folks who don't know much about it? A lot of people, when they hear about Tourette's, 
they think that is just cursing and that, you know, it's for attention. And I really want them to understand that, well, yes, sometimes there is the cursing element of it. That's not all it is. There's so much more to it. You also work with uh, a number of kids throughout the South Jersey area who are of a variety of abilities. What kind of work do you do with them? And what's the feedback like after a day spent, say, on the soccer field? So that is um, top sports out of Harrison Township. And that just sets the tone for the whole week. I absolutely love it. So it's a sports program for kids with special needs. We have athletes, I believe, from three years old up to 18. And every week, you know, we go and we meet the kids exactly where they're at. So we have kids in wheelchairs. We have kids with autism. We have athletes who are blind. And we make sure that no matter what, they're still able to play that sport and be successful. You know, it comes to mind that just by educating your students and giving them knowledge about a subject that they may have never heard of before they've walked into your classroom is going to open their mind to being more inclusive and um, to understanding empathy and not judging people by what they see. What does that feel like for you when you see that come through in them? It amazes me every time. Kids are so open-minded and they crave that education. They crave having that knowledge. And so uh, while technically I am a math teacher, I don't think it should ever stop at just your subject area. You know, we teach math, but we also teach life skills. We teach empathy. We teach how to be kind, how to be decent people. And so it's amazing to watch the kids, you know, respond to that and actually apply it to their lives. Do you think growing up where you have and living, you still live in your hometown, you're teaching there, has really affected what you've chosen to do with your life's work? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I always talk about my sixth grade teacher. So she, Mrs. King, she still teaches. She is amazing. And she gave me all the resources and tools that I needed to be successful. And so because of that, I went into education because I wanted to give that back to my students. I'm sure there's a student in your classroom right now who's feeling the same way. Anna Baldwin, thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you. And you can meet Anna and the other extraordinary Jersey residents at mynjpbs.org slash 21. And finally tonight, another exceptional teacher got some recognition today. Lodi High School science teacher Virginia Fasulo received the prestigious Milken Educator Award for her innovation and excellence in teaching. The Milken is considered the Oscars of the teaching profession, and with it comes an unrestricted cash prize of $25,000. Fasulo is the third New Jersey teacher to receive the award this week that honors educators across the country. A member of the Milken Foundation said Fasulo's classroom is an exciting hub of discovery for Lodi High School's future medical professionals and thanked her for personifying the role of teacher, mentor, and cheerleader to her students and colleagues every day.
That's going to do it for us tonight. This weekend, be sure to tune into Reporters Roundtable as David looks at the latest indictment for Senator Bob Menendez and whether his mounting legal troubles are the last straw in the veteran senator's political career. David talks with New Jersey Republican State Committee Chair Bob Hugan, who ran against Menendez in 2018. That's Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 10. And on Chatbox, David celebrates Hispanic Heritage Month with two-time Olympic and New Jersey native Lori Hernandez. That's Saturday at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 10.30 on NJPBS. I'm Raven Santana for the entire NJ Spotlight News team. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you right back here on Monday. The members of the New Jersey Education Association, making public schools great for every child. RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together. And Orsted, committed to the creation of a new long-term, sustainable, clean energy future for New Jersey. Our future relies on more than clean energy. Our future relies on empowered communities, the health and safety of our families and neighbors, of our schools and streets. The PSEG Foundation is committed to sustainability equity, and economic empowerment. Investing in parks, helping towns go green, supporting civic centers, scholarships, and workforce development that strengthen our community. Have some water. Look at these kids. How are you? What do you see? I see myself. I became an ESL teacher to give my students what I wanted when I came to this country. The opportunity to learn to dream, to achieve, a chance to belong and to be an American. My name is Julia Toriani Crompton and I'm proud to be an NJEA member. Life is unpredictable. Health insurance shouldn't be. For over 90 years, Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey has provided quality, affordable health plans to New Jersey residents. We have served generations of New Jersey families and businesses and are committed to driving innovations that put you at the heart of everything we do. Our members are our neighbors, our friends, and our families. We're here when you need us most. Horizon, proud to be New Jersey.